Got to start up the car. Good morning. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. You want to follow me there on Twitter? And, uh, and this is the show where uh, we'll, we'll review. We'll, I think we're reviewing yesterday's slate a little bit. We talk about DFS strategy. Now, we're, now we're, we're heading we're heading into September. There's going to be sports all. There'll be NFL, NBA coming back. There'll be uh, the, the football, obviously. Baseball, soccer. We've got World Cup qualifiers coming up this week. I'll be playing those. We've got MMA, PGA. Well, the swing season or something. The FedEx playoffs or I don't know what's going on in golf. We'll be talking about it all, right? This is the DFS strategy show guided by you in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. It looks like Joe Mack beat out Suki Singh today for the for being first. I see you guys in there. Sterling Woods, Yao Pete, real life pitcher, guard fan, Alex Hooper, Mark's Mimic, Jerome Lewis. Hit that thumbs up button. Give me those dummy thumbs. Helps us out, supposedly. I, I'm, I'm told that. I'm told that. I don't know. Does it really? I don't know. I don't know if it does. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, but but yesterday, yesterday was no was not a, not a good not a good day. Didn't work out. Didn't work out yesterday. You know it's going to be a bad day where I go through and I can barely find where like the the 150 maxers are. The, 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 ooh, a lot of just not not as many as I normally see up here. And the winning lineup is uh, a mess. With the winning lineup in the super knuckle ball was uh, was a two was a was a whatever was a pick out some hitters and uh, and then play a batter with two home runs against your pitcher. So if, if you if you make those types of lineups, maybe you had a shot yesterday. I don't. Uh, probably probably a minus EV lineup. Probably. Probably probably not good to play Trevor Story with AJ Alexi. But I guess he's cheap enough that it's not like the end of the world. And then not and just play whatever. Just just two Yankees and a blue jay and just a random catcher there and just whatever okay a lot of people build these types of lineups they're they're typically most of them are negative ev but doesn't mean you can't get there he got there oh well i thought marquez would be a little bit more i thought marquez and wheeler would be more on than they were i thought i would be under on marquez and it turns out i was over and i knew i was going to be over on wheeler but i thought i would be much less over Wheeler didn't have a good game, but at 20, if I knew beforehand he was going to be 27% owned and Robbie Ray would be 53% owned, I'd, I'd obviously have like way more Wheeler than Ray. They projected fairly similar. Similarly enough, yeah, maybe Ray projected for a point or two higher, but they're not going to beat out each other. Did two to one here? Same thing for Corbin Burns. I had a ton of Corbin Burns. I did the same thing. I just looked at Ray and said, that Burns and Wheeler have, have more better better than two to one, better than even money, better than whatever for the two points in projection to do better than Ray. That doesn't mean I didn't play Ray, but I didn't play I didn't play fifty two percent Ray. I played a little bit of AJ Alexi to, for the, the savings. Played a bunch of Luis Garcia as I always he, he, he always goes criminally underowned, especially on slates where there are other pitchers. We needed better than Marquez. I thought Marquez would be like 32% owned against the Rangers. He ended up being 24% owned. I ended up with 30, so I, th I thought I would be slightly under. And then I also played Baltimore stacks and Rangers stacks. 
I also play, I play, I played all the leverage stuff, right? So I'm playing, I, I played 150 lineups into this knuckleball finale. So yeah, I played like 10 Baltimore stacks, 10, you know, eight national stacks, I think 12 Texas stacks. But then I played these guys in the other lineups also. I was light on the Blue Jays. They were they were the most owned team on the slate. Bichette, Springer. The Padres were the second most owned, even with, the, with their lineup not even coming out. It took like an hour and a half for their lineup to come out. I mean, the main players were in, but you had to switch out Fam with Grissom. Then they, they, they Profar wasn't in the lineup. You had to play, uh, who, who, who did I switch that out with? For Adam Frazier? You had to do some swaps. So I think the Padres could have been higher on had the lineup been in before 7.05. But they still were, I mean, look, they still were the second highest owned team on a on a nine-game slate. Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth, and then, then we had the, the Dodgers, and then the Yankees. I had a lot of the Phillies, which turned out to be good, but it's just not good enough. Having Phillies lineups with Marquez's four in there, that's not going to do anything for me. Right, I had a lot of good Phillies lineups. Got Tampa Bay, right, with Brandon Lowe in there. I had a good amount of good lineups with good hitters, and then the pitchers let me down. But then the lineups with, like, I would have Corbin Burns and Zach Wheeler with a Texas stack or with a Baltimore. I would get the Mount Castle home run, but, I mean, I don't have Robbie Ray there. The nut combo was Ray and Burns. I don't even think, was there a cheap enough stack that went off that you could have even done that? I don't think you could play Vlad in a lineup with both, you know, Ray and Burns, but let's see. This is Burns and Alexi. Okay, I get that. Ray, Alexi. Ray Burns. Okay, so this is the top Ray Burns lineup. And it's 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 a mess. Two Washington. I mean, this is just a mess lineup. Let's see. Ray. Wheeler Ray, okay, two high price pitchers. We got Vlad in there. It's more messy lineups. So it's just all mess, all messes up here. It's all messes. What, what, what's up with all the messes? Okay, here's a stack. One, two, three, four. At least we got four, five. We got five. Okay. Burns Ray with Padres. I guess you could fill it, fit it in, but you need to, you needed like Solak and Peterson. Okay. Okay, this is doable. Leaving 700 on the table even. Burns Ray with Texas. Okay. One, two, three, four, four, two, two. Okay, that's doable. Yohel Pozo in there. Trevor Story's double dong with the 4%. Okay, I get it. Okay, these, okay, these lineups. Burns Ray with the Texas stack. Okay. Tavares, Peters. I mean, not many other did anything. Solak, so you got three home. You got three home runs. They were pretty, pretty. They were low owned for how cheap they really were. But yeah, you could fit this in. You could fit Guerrero as a one off. Harper as a one off, and Zanino. Okay, my lineups kind of look like this. My Burns Ray lineups. I don't know if I had Tavares and Peters together, and Solak. I was. I think I had more like Nate Low. More Adolis Garcia. I had Peter. I mean, I did have some, but it was more Garcia and Lowe. And obviously they they weren't the ones that hit the home runs. But you see here, not many, not many noticeable names up top. 
right? What Hicks, uh, what is Hicks's best lineup? Toronto, 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 Toronto. Okay, with Burns and Ray. Still fitting a Toronto stack, right? You're playing Kevin Smith, okay. And then you're playing a Jack Mayfield, two, $2,900 one-off. A Jared Dyson, because you played Jared Dyson in the lineup. Okay, so it looks like a Toronto stack, but it's really like Vlad and Springer and then like the cheapest guys in there. Get Kirk, Smith, and Dyson. Okay, that's a way to go. Toronto was the highest owned team, but I mean, 2% Dyson, he had two steals. Kirk was under 10%. Smith was 10%. Springer was 16. Okay, this is doable. Okay, you can do it this way, even with Burns and Ray in here. What's pigskin in a blank? Let's see. Texas, Toronto, right? This is four, looks like 4 3 1. With Trevor Story's two home runs in there. Yeah, you can still you can pay up and still get blotted at first base because of the cheap Texas bats. That's why I figured these lineups would be a little bit more, a little bit more chalky. Jason Martin, 1% owned. Tavares, 1% owned. All of Texas, the Rangers are all like 2K hitters. You pay up twice and you go and you just fill them in. I don't know. I played a lot of Texas. But I also played a lot of Texas because I thought Marquez would be like 35, 38% owned. I mean, he was one of the higher owned pitchers, yes. Right? He was 24% owned. He was the third highest owned pitcher. Yeah, okay. Just thought I was getting I, I was getting more relative value by by I mean I still played Marquez, but in a lot of lineups. Texas with them being so cheap and Marquez being owned. Same thing for Baltimore, also. Baltimore wasn't as cheap though. Like Baltimore is cheap, but not not too K cheap. You're still paying like 3200 for Ramon Urias, right? 3600 for Severino, 4100 for Mancini. Hayes was cheap, but they have a 3K. You're not paying 2K. So the Baltimore lineups, a leverage against Ray, a little bit harder to make. They almost felt like they weren't worth it. I mean, they were worth it from a sense that you're stacking or at least taking bats three man against a 52% on pitcher. So that's good. Just it's hard to fit other. You know, I think I have, I played, uh, I, th I think in single entry, I played a, a Baltimore Yankees. Like four, four, obviously didn't get there, right? Because that lineup doesn't have Ray in it. It has, you know, it has Burns and Marquez, and Marquez only has four points. So that didn't cash. Michael Dampier says, I'm assuming he's talking about Wheeler. It must have been the rain threat. Like you said, Wheeler was basically the same projection as Ray. I'd argue Wheeler has less downside, though he got the downside last night. Was Durant, they would, I mean, there was somewhat of a rain rain threat. I mean, most people don't worry about rain until there's like a, an announcement. I don't think people, I don't think a, a large portion of people were scared off of Wheeler because of a potential rain delay in the middle of the game. The game started with a late start. Oh, the game will be delayed. You know, start delayed. Like that, yes, that I could see people jumping off. I think it was more of the fact that, you know, Ray's had two past two games, 11 strikeouts, 14 strikeouts. He's 300 cheaper than Wheeler. And they'd go, okay, why aren't I playing Ray? And Ray did project, according to the bat, project better than Wheeler, but not by that much. I think under a point. So that's all I'm saying is that the disparity between Ray and Wheeler, just ownership-wise, they project within a point of each other. It made more sense to play wheel.
or play them together or something. But a 52% on pitcher on a nine game slate is the success rate isn't going to be high enough that you'd want to play that much of them. I mean, we could even see across the board. Yeah, some people played a ton. If Nerdy Tanner said, nope, his, 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 his artificial intelligence said uh, 27% was the efficient ownership of Robbie Ray. Right, he did something more like I did. But if I take a look at, if I take a look at just the pitchers, I think his exposures match more, more like mine. I didn't play Kluber though. I didn't play Flexen. I didn't play Gray. I didn't play, I mean, he just, he had a little bit more diversity. I played about 30% Marquez. I played, I played 40% Wiggler. I played about 30% Ray. I paid 40% Burns. I played about that of 10% Alexi. I played a lot more 25% Garcia. Will Smith is a catcher, so who cares? I didn't play any Arias. I played a little Pavetta, played a little Patino. Wow, OCD played Heaney. Wow, okay, that 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 takes some balls. 2.7 points. But I look around. This is this is results DB. You can get this for free. I don't know if people ask. I'm like, oh, how do I see this stuff? Go to rotogrinders.com slash results DB. You don't even, you don't need a membership. You don't need anything. You don't need to be a premium member or nothing. So you go around and look through. Go, oh, that was interesting. Oh, how did people but what did what did sharp players do? Did I do things that were similar? Why did they do certain things? OCD had no AJ Alexa, which is fine. Then he must then he must not have had many like expensive stacks amongst his lineups because Alexi was 4,700. But he still didn't have any of the Rangers. What did, what did he do? You go through Freddie Galvis. Okay, so Phillies. Phillies, Yankees, Rankies, I think were underpriced. Brad Miller's there. Marshawn is there. Segura, who's 5,100. That's a little much. Milwaukee. Okay, I see some Milwaukee. Okay. So less on the right because we take a look at the, the the Blue Jays. A little bit less on that. Where's where's Vlad? Right, six percent. Right, because if you're not going to play Alexi, you probably you probably and you're not going to play the Rangers. You probably can't build lineups that have a ton of ton of Blue Jays in them. So that's what you do. You look through. You look through some of this stuff. Michael Dompia says Alexi ownership was really under underestimated. I tried to be over and he was rejected 2%. You ended up at the field. Yeah, I knew he wasn't going to be 2%. 15%? No, I, I, I didn't think it would be that high. I thought 10. I thought 10 would be. And that's about what, what I had. People look at this stuff. Like we're already, we're, it's, it's the end of August. You're playing against a lot of people that are all looking at content and looking at projections. No one's just going, oh, I never heard of this guy. He's 4,700. He's going to be on, he could pitch 90 plus pitches. I'm not going to play them against the Rockies. We're not a good team. Jeff Ballastia-Strieri. Do you manually put in all your pitcher exposure or just adjust projections to what ownership looks like? No, I put in my, I put it in manually. Typically, what I will do is I will, uh, the highest exposure that I would want for a pitcher, I put in the max. 
So if I say I'm based on how many pitchers I'm playing, I don't want more than 50% of a pitcher. Like I'll just put the, 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 the overall, like here, if you're looking lineup HQ, like the overall, I put pitchers, if I say 50 and I look and I'm playing like no more than 10% of a stack or something. Like I'm playing like 12, like 10% primary and 10, let's say it's 10% primary and secondary. So that's like 20% combined. And that's like my highest exposed stack and my highest exposed team. So I'll set my hitter at 20, right? That's, if he's, if that player's in all of those stacks, that the most he could be in is 20%, right? Depending on the size of my player pool and what I'm doing, I'll then how much diversity I want. I'll change the unique players and then I'll run it. I don't set anything individually. I just run it like this and see what comes out. I go, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get 50% AJ elected. So I start jamming him into as many goddamn lineups as possible. So do I want that? Do I want my all my half of my lineups to look like this? I say no. But I want 10% of my lineups to look like that. So then you go in and you, you put the max on him to 10. But now you know that other people are going to start going up. Obviously, I was getting Ray in 50%. I was like, well, I don't think his efficient ownership is 50%. I think he's going to be over-owned. I want to exploit the field. I still want Ray in my lineups and, and the lineups that he should be in. But not in 50, I don't want 50% of them. So I've set his at 30. And then I run it again. Obviously, you set you set some of the chalkier guys lower, then you start getting more Luis Garcia, you get more Zach Wheeler. Get more of the other guys. Then you look at the lineups that are coming out, and you start looking and seeing what the, the ownership of all those lineups. And you go, oh, okay, this is too chalky, that's too chalky. You're getting lineups where you, you're playing two teams, but you get you jam, they're, they're being jammed together too much. Oh, all my Padres are with Yankees. Oh, that's that's not good. And then I look to see where that line is, where the ownership, where the mass, like, okay, finally I'm contrarian enough. That's at 157. Okay, put in, I don't want any lineup that has more ownership than that. And then you run it again. Then you look and you go, okay, I'm playing the Dodgers, but I'm not getting. I barely have any Corey Seager. Like, it was like, I'm playing 15 Dodger lineups and Corey Seager's only in one of them. Do I, do, am I fine with that? If you're fine with that, then go run with it. If you're like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather have more Corey Seager than Will Smith. in the lineup. So if I, if I have, if I have 10% Dodger stats and Corey Seager's coming up in 2% of them, I, I put the minimum at six and I cap Will Smith, who's coming in into all 10% of them at four. And then I run it again. That's it. It's an iterative process. If you're doing it that way, some people just like, I'm just going to let the projections do what they do. I'm going to set up a whatever and a stacks type and how many of each do I want and just let it run. And that's what I do. And that's, I guess you can do it that way. If you just want to, if you just want to go blindly by meeting projections, I think exploiting the field is more profitable. So yeah, you have to, start, I, I've said this so many times when it comes to lineup HQ or any optimizer. The optimizer is not there to tell you what to do. It's not, it's not liking anyone. All it's doing is solving a math problem for you. But you have to put in what, what it is that you want to solve for. 
Oh, I want to, oh, Giolito's going to be 33% owned? I don't, I, I'm going to be under on that. Ryu's going to be 25, I'm going to be under on that. Like, okay, then who are you going to play then? Well, Giolito's going to be owned. Maybe I play some pirate stacks as leverage. I mean, you have to think, these are the strategic things that you have to think of before you do anything. 90 plus percent of people use optimizers wrong. They go in and go, okay, let me, let it tell me what it wants. Like, no, it's there to help you build lineups efficiently. That's it. Josh Shocks. I always hand build, but use multiple optimizers to gain an idea of value plays or locks. Like the four optimizers, I'll put in the same utility. I will put them in my hand build. And obviously you're using terms wrong. Josh Shocks, you're, you're not, no optimizer is different from one another. Just make that clear. Line of HQ, there are multiple optimizers on the market, okay? They all do pretty much the same thing, okay? What you're talking about are projections, not optimizers. These are the bat projections. If I took, if I, if I downloaded the bat projections from Line of HQ and put them into another optimizer from another site, I'd get the same and then just, and did defaults, I get the same 150 lines. The projection, it's, it's, it's using these numbers. So if I go to another site, they have different projections. If I took their projections and put them into lineup HQ, I would get the same thing you would get at that. It's all, the optimizer itself is just a, solving a math problem. But obviously if one site has Giolito at, at look, 21.23, and another site has it at 19.68, and all these other numbers are slightly different, slightly different, typically. You're going to get slightly different lineups, slightly different optimals, optimals types of lineups. And what you're talking about are projections, not optimizers. And you know what you could do? You could take all those projections and just average them out. That's what a lot of sharp players do. You take, I take the bad projections. I take the plate IQ projections. I go to some other content sites, download their projections, right? You put it into Excel. Average. Yeah, you look up it and you, you average that all out. And then, then you take that average of all of them and then you upload it into lineup HQ and then you build with that. You know, this is like the consensus from around the, the average of everything. You could do it that way. But you're all dealing with projections. You're not dealing, you're not, the optimizer itself doesn't matter. Well, the roto grinders often right? Well, it depends on what projection set you're using. You're, you, if you're doing your own projections, it's going to be different than anything else. But the actual, the actual tool of the optimizer is, is no different. Wads asks, it seems like lineup HQ tries to jam in the pitcher along with this team's stats. Lately, I've had to set groups to avoid this. Is there a reason why lineup HQ? No. Just, that's just purely coincidental. Ray was the best projected pitcher and the, the Blue Jays were the highest ceiling stack. So maybe they go together. There's, 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 nothing, there's nothing in lineup HQ that there's, that there's no correlation there that it does that. Pure, that's purely coincidental. I don't know why you would want to avoid that personally. Actually, you'd want, actually, you'd prefer it, if anything. There's a slight positive correl. There's a slight positive correlation. 
of the team stack and the pitch. So if anything, I wouldn't, I would do the opposite, right? I'd want that more often than not. Because remember, the pitcher is eligible for a win, which is, is four points on DraftKings. Now, if the stack goes off for 12 runs, it's more likely the pitcher gets the win. So there is, there, there is some correlation there. So it's not something that I would actively look to avoid. And if anything, if you wanted to purposely have that, actually, that would be better. But only by a little, it wouldn't be something you prioritize. Michael Dompier, strategic question. Very large field last night. Large, yeah, the super knuckleball. Was Baltimore a better player? Was text? There's no, there's no such thing. You're asking... Once you start asking, is there is it a yes or no question? Then then it's a bad question. You think it was Baltimore, even though tech, Baltimore gave you the more relative value. But is that a better? Well, let's say you played Baltimore and then you played four injured players in that line. Well, then now the lineup sucks. Like you you can't think in those terms. That's why the next question from Josh Shocks. Any opinion on a four three versus four four and FD? Josh Shocks, what I would suggest you do would vastly help you. Go get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. You can find a theoryofdfs.com. What you can also do is I've done maybe 500 to 1,000 hours of these shows. Start from day one and look at there. Any opinion on a 4-3 versus 4-4 in FanDuel? Yeah, obviously. If the if I'll, I'll, I'll play a 1-1-1 FanDuel on FanDuel. I'll play eight one-offs over a 4-4. Oh my God, is that, is, that, is that blasphemy? Yeah, I'll play eight one-offs of eight players that are in the lineup then a 4-4 of four bench players and four bench players and a, and a pitcher that isn't even pitching. Yeah, so like, obviously the one 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 with active players in it, let's say a one 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 with all home run hitters that I'm able to play, right? And a 4-4 lineup where on FanDuel where I'm leaving literally 30,000 on the table and playing all minimum price players that are ninth hitters, the bottoms of orders. Like, like you can't think in terms of construction. You have to think in terms of lineups. Any opinion on 4-4 versus 4 like, They're both fine. 4-2-1-1s are fine. Three, three, one. It depends on the lineup. Okay, I know it's. I know it's. It's difficult once you transition over and you understand what I'm talking about. That's when you make a lot of money in DFS. Okay, to understand lineups, not plays. People pigeon. Oh, I got to play four four in Fanduel. It's like you. There are more profitable four four lineups than there are four three lineups, and which and there are more. Four, three, one lineups that are more profitable on average, like if we just took the whole season, right? Any slate, whatever, no matter what the size, and just the default, there will be more four, four lineups that are profitable than four, three, one, then four, two, one, one, then four, one, 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 then three, three, one, two, like goes down the list. But it doesn't mean that there, there are two, two, one, 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 one lineups, whatever the hell, there are some that are profitable on slates. It would look messy and go, actually, that shows a positive return. Not as positive return as 50,000 other lineups, right? You, you could have played better lineups than that, but it actually shows a profitable return. There aren't as many of them. 
typically the more correlated ones in MLB, there are more profitable lineups like that. And it also depends on the slate size and every, everything else combined. It's more likely to find on large slates, 14-game slate tonight, prime profitable 5-3 lineups than you would on DraftKings, than you would one-off lineups. But there may be, on a 14-game slate, there may be lineups that are all one-offs that are profitable. Maybe some. But in comparison to 5-3 lineups or 5-1-1-1 lineups or 4-3-1 lineups, very, very small. But doesn't mean there aren't any. So to think in terms of what should I play, well, it depends on the lineup. You could show me a 5-3 lineup that's worse than, I could, than a lineup that's like all one-offs. And you go, how is that possible? I'm playing a 5-3. Yeah, but that 5-3 lineup is awful. Based on the projection and the ownership of the players and the size of the contest that you're playing. So thinking in terms of what, the const what construction do I need, that doesn't mean anything. If you were to default and said, I'm going to play the entire season and not have to worry about it, just play the most correlated lines. People still do not stack enough in these contests. So if you're on FanDuel, if you want to make sure that you're most likely, if you're going to play 100 lineups on FanDuel and you don't want to have to think about it, and you go, I'm just going to play four, four lineups every day, 100 lineups every day, every slate, you'd be better off than making mistakes trying to find three-man three stacks and two-man stacks and find, find those lineups that are profitable. You just said, I'm just playing four, four every day. If on, if on DraftKings, you just played five-man stacks, you just played five threes every day. Just say, I'm playing 155 three lineups, and whatever happens, happens. You're more likely to be like directionally accurate doing that than go, well, I'm going to play a whole bunch of these types of constructions, and maybe I'm off on half of them. Who knows? Try to find, oh, well, this two-man lineup and this three-man lineup is right. So if you just, by default... You're more likely to find, it's like that marbles example, right? That I gave you last week or two weeks ago, whatever. Red, blue, green, whatever. There's more red marbles in the bag. That, those are the five-man stack lines. That doesn't mean that the green marbles are the four-man stacks. The yellow marbles are the two-man stacks and the three-man stacks. And that we have some, some brown marbles that are like the all one-off lineups. There, there's still two or three in the bag. There's still two or three of them. But there's, there's 7,000 red marbles, right? And there's 4,000 green marbles. Because, yeah, they're, they're, it, if I had to choose to play lineups without thinking, it's more likely that if I build all, all of my lineups like they were red marbles, I'll, 150 of them, I'll, I'll hopefully have good ones. Because it's more likely to have good ones. The key thing, Josh, is to don't go by anyone's suggestion. Once you learn the math of DFS, you'll understand why no one can answer that question. Like, I hope you understand, like, I've not even answered your question. My answer is, it depends. It depends on the actual lineup. So someone could show me a 4-4 lineup on FanDuel and then a 4-3 lineup on FanDuel. And I'll look at the projection and the ownership and go, okay, this 4-3 lineup is better than that 4-4 lineup. More profitable in the long run. And then you'll show me a different 4-3 lineup and I go, nope, nope, 
the four that that four four is better than that four. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. It depends on the actual specific lineup. You should be dealing with lineups, not players. The players are inconsequential to DFS. Wig 3H, does it seem like this time of year in MLB leverage stacks aren't as successful? Why? What does that mean? I mean, does it seem? Do you have data? Do you have data from the past eight years? How long have we been playing MLB DFS? I, I, there's, there's no data to show any of that. Seems like we have to get back to basics, people. Hopefully, I, I made another... I made another uh, Excel example. I've been making these Excel examples, like I did the marbles thing to show with the duplication and everything. These examples tend to do, I got good feedback on the Excel examples and they're not, they're not hard to do. But I did one for EV and equity. So many, so many times, you know how many, you know how many conversations I have with people that they're, I, 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 I'm, I know how to play DFS well. I cash in a lot of GPPs. I go, is that, are you making money? I go, I, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I cash so often, but I, 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 I want to win the big one. I've never come close. It feels like I'm playing the best plays and I write the, 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 the number one conversation. It's like I read all the content. I see all the things. I'm playing the best plays. I'm always off by two. It's a two v two, and but I but I'm cashing a lot. I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not losing money. I go, you sure you're not losing money? And they go like, let me check. And then I get have them put it into Roto Tracker. It's like show me the last you know two seasons of NFL, because the, the person is like, no, I've been doing well in NFL. And they show me the last two seasons of NFL, and they're down six percent. They go, wow, that's odd. It feels like I I've 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 been up. Because how come it feels like you've been up? It's like well, it's like I. Seems like most of the time I cash. And they, these are people that are playing GPPs primarily. I said, yeah, well, cashing isn't enough in GPPs. Cashing doesn't matter. You shouldn't even care about cashing pretty much. And they go, what do you mean? I said, you have to build lineups to build first place. I would take a look. A lot of times they'll send me a CSV. I'll take a look at some of their past lineups, especially on slates that I, I know I've played in the past. I'll go into results DB and I could, I could look, I could just refresh myself on what that slate was. And a lot of times it's someone that's playing the 20 max or something and they're building 20 cash lineups. It's like, I look at this and I go, how do you expect to possibly win this GPP with all the chalk in it? It's like, well, I got different. I instead of played, I, I played one guy instead of another guy. It's like, you're playing a contest. This 20 max contest is, is at 50,000 people. How, how do you expect to win with a cash lineup? It's like, well, these are the best plays. It's like, like, yeah, this, this, this is the reason why you're losing money. And then they're like, well, how am I losing money playing the best plays? It's like, like you need to get enough leverage. It's like, well, in this lineup, I faded this guy and I played that guy. I said, yeah, but that's not enough. <laughs> that's not enough, right? You're not aiming for first place. You're aiming for the cash. So you, you have to aim as if like the cash line doesn't matter. The first matters and that's about it. So this is why I made this little, little, spreadsheet so i could put this is the 10 i just this could be a large field contest but it, it's easier to show with a 10 person field so there's a 10 man field so i could change the pay and the payout so this is very flat 
So this is a $100 contest with 10 players, 15% rake, right? You could, we could change the rake to zero if we want. And very flat. This would be considered an extremely flat payout structure. These structures don't even exist on DraftKings, right? So you get one about 1.5x. You put in $100, you come in fourth, which is 40% of the field. So you don't even get that, right? So here's the payouts for $100. So the prize pool is 850 because it's 15% rate. So you can see it right here. So if you play whatever amount of times and everyone was equal, if everyone was equally skilled in this type of contest, that means you'd have a 10% shot at finishing first, 10% shot at finishing second, 10% shot at finishing third, a 10% shot at finishing in every spot. If all lineups were equal, all players, all whatever, were equal, okay? Now, this is a flat payout structure. So obviously, if you have an equal shot at finishing in all the spots, you end up after 10 times, whatever, a million times on your $100 investment, you get $85 back, right? Because 15% rate comes out and everyone's equal. So like no one becomes profitable. You have a minus 15% ROI. This is with a flat payout structure. Now, let's say you're 10% better than everyone else. 10% better. So you could come in these spots 10% more often, okay? The high, top upper half, let's use that as an example. You're 10% better, which is a decent edge. You're still negative ROI. If you're 20% better, in just all the spots like this. Now you have a slight positive ROI. So you have to be 20% better and come in for these spots. Now, if you're, this is a flat payout structure, by the way. Now, if you're, let's say you're a more of a top GPP player. I, I'm gonna show you the, the finished percentage of top GPP players are gonna look more like this, something like this. Maybe something like this. Let's make sure this all adds up. Six, eight, 10, 10. Maybe something like that. So the curve, it's a bell curve. They, they're less likely actually finish in this mid range, more likely to finish up and down, right? But they're, like 60% better than finishing up top. That's an 11% ROI, right? If they're even better, maybe 18%, 14%, 10%, even less in these spots. Go six, something like that. 12, maybe they don't go all the way at the bottom. So you go. So they finish more likely up top, less likely in the middle. That's where the positive return comes from. This is a flat payout structure. And we go back to the normal. If everyone was equal, right? 10, 10, 10, all the way down. What a lot of people do, the, the example that I gave before, but I cash so often is what you're doing is this. Oh, you're better than, you're 20% better than the field and coming in 
and maybe in these spots, right? Maybe you're 12, 12, coming in these, 20% better. Maybe you're maybe even, even 40% better. Maybe something like that. In these like three through six, maybe 20. But you don't come in these spots that often at all, right? You're 40% worse. Maybe you're not even that bad, right? Something like this. Eight, eight, maybe eight, 10. This all adds up. Maybe you don't, you're, you don't come in last place often at all, right? Because you're playing safe lineups. Two, I mean, these zeros don't even matter. So something like this. So that person would be something more like this. Oh, but look, I cash so much more often. Yeah, you're losing money. You're still, lo you're still losing money. Even if I, if I took up the rake, now, now you'd be making money. 9% ROI, which is not that great. But if there was no rake, yeah, you'd be fine. But there is a rake, 15% rake. So you're losing money. Coming in more often. If we, and the less we give you first place equity, the worse you, I mean, the dramatically worse you do, right? So we just moved some from first to second, right? So it's 7% ROI. Now it's 8%, now it's minus 8%. You get even worse. Let's say you're horrible at making first place equity lineups. You don't come in second place that often either, but you come ton, tons of times in third and fourth. Like you're worse, you're worse than you were before. And this is a flat payout structure. Okay, understand that this is a flat payout structure. You're, 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 almost, you're almost twice as good as the field in these spots. But you're awful at coming in at the top. You're losing more money than if you were equal to everyone and just got first whenever you got first. And this is with a flat payout structure. So let's go to a payout structure that we see in most DFS contests. It's very heavy. But we still want to get a fourth place finish, right? Fourth place. No, we don't even get it. We get 30% finishes, right? So go down to here. Very heavy. So that would be something like 18 Uh, let's 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 pay like fifty five percent, maybe something like this, maybe something like that. Maybe the maybe this is too too heavy. Is this heavy enough? Let's see. Thirty and fifty fifty two. Maybe something like this. Maybe probably even a little bit more. Fifty four twenty eight. Like this is what we'd see, I guess, in most DFS contests if we scaled it out. 30% of the field gets paid like 1.5x. Second, you know, I mean, you barely 2.5x and then you get 4.5x for first. Like this would be something more like this. So here's your equity minus the rake, right? If everyone was equal, you put in a hundred bucks and get 85 back on, in, the long, in the long term, which would be a 15% negative ROI. Right, because, because of the rake. We take out the rake, obviously, it would be even, right? You still got to beat the rake, okay? So if you were just 
1%, like how much better do you have to be at getting first, second, and third place? Like we go to 11, right? You're still not profitable. Now you're slightly profitable. If you're 20% better at placing the first, second, and third, you have a slight, you're, you're beating the rake and then getting a very slight profit. If you're 30% better at getting up here, now you have a 10% ROI, okay? 40% better. Now, depending on obviously the skill level of the players in the contest, once you get up to like 40% better, you're not, there aren't many people like that, right? You have to be really weak fields. Now you have a 19% ROI like this. But let's say you, you're not, maybe you cash a lot. Maybe you're really good. Maybe you're 18% likely to cash over here. Okay, but this, this has to come out of other things. So you're very good at that. Maybe you're very good. You're, exce you're exceptionally good at third place. You're slightly better than average at second place. But you don't come in first place that often. Like you're, you're in worse shape you were before. Minus 16% ROI. Because, because look how heavy the, pay the payout structure is. You're in worse shape. You would have been better off being just equal with everyone than be really good at coming in third place. That you're 80% better than the field and coming in third place. And you're 20% better in the field and coming in second place. But you're 40% worse than the field and coming in first place. Right? Even if we made this eight, you're still not profitable. You're still not profitable. But if you did it the other way, let's say you were... 40%, let's say you were 60% better in coming in first, but awful in everything else. Put it up at 18. You're profitable. If you're, if, let's say you're twice as good as coming in first, which I don't know if anyone is. Like if you're twice as good at coming in first, it's quite possible you could be, let's see, four, you could be 60% worse than coming in any other spot and have a positive ROI. So if you aim for first, you have so, there's, so, there's so much more equity up there in these types of payout structures. Because we showed with the flat payout structure, it's still like that, but not as dramatic. But these are what payout structures kind of look like in DFS. More like top and third is just like a 1.5x, 30% of the field. That 25%, 30%, you get 1.5x. It's like getting there, is, it's not profitable. If everything was equal, like you're going to lose 15% of your money because of the rake. And the more that you're better at building lineups that have first place equity are dramatically and exponentially worth more than lineups that have good third place equity, second place equity. It's not even. I'd give up. Two points there for two points there. No, no problem. Right? I give up two points there for another two points there. I'd give up two points here for two points there. Like, look, look at the ROI. It keeps on going up. The more and more I have first place equity, the more and more my ROI goes up. Of course, that means I'm going to be cashing less, but I'm going to be finishing in first place more.
this little, I don't know if you want to call it an equity calculator, but just to show that. And you could go, you could go into your rotor tracker and see, oh, I have a high ITM. The ITM column is in the money. And you set it for GPPs. You go, I have a high ITM, but I'm negative. Like that means you're not getting first place in money. Like if you take a look, I'll bring up, I'll show my rotor tracker. Let's see what it shows. I haven't updated it in what, two weeks? So let's see. I'm just going to go to GPPs. Just going to go to GPPs. Let's see. Category, general, category, GPP, add. Just so we look. So in GPP, and okay, so here, in the money, 31% of the time, right? 31% of the time, but I have a 51% ROI overall for a profit of almost $500,000. Not even ca cashing with entries, right? We go by, I don't know how to itemize this down. Go by NFL, let's go to NFL. Sport, NFL, right? In the money, 25% of the time, but with a 71% ROI, right? If we take a look, uh, where's the finishing position? If we go here, go here, here's NFL. So this, NFL GPPs, you can see here. I mean, take a look. You get one big bump, one big bump. Some small ones, a little spike, a little spike here, a little spike there, but most, this is what a GPP graph looks like. We go by finishing position. That's, it's loaded, it's loaded. You see here, we go to 1% buckets, very similar. Like we go here, these are 10% buckets, but see the more that you get, the more that you're up over here, these lines need to be more up. This red line would be the equal, right? 1% versus the 1%. It'd be very similar to this. Like that's where this red line is, that 10%, right? Where if you would just hit this all the way through, you just basically lose money to the rank. So it's like, so where are you placing lineups? So in NFL GPPs, yeah, you want to have more equity up here than you do in the middle. We're obviously down here. You go to overall, this is my entire, this is for six years. Look at that. This is, this is what I mean. A lot of players that I described before will show me their finishing positions. This line will be down by the red line. It's down here. And I'll see more upward lines over here, like in that 16 to 28% range. This kind of cashing 1.5 to 2x cashing range. And see, them, they'll have like up, they'll have that, this type of line here. And this type of line down in the front. And they'll go, look how many, look how many lineups I'm cashing. Like, yeah, but you're negative, but you're negative, you're, you're negative 8% ROI. Maybe, yeah, but I just need to get a, it's like this, it's this belief of like, I'm close. It's like, you're not, you're no, you're so far away that you don't even realize it. You're not close to winning. You're the furthest away from winning. 
I could find lineups that are down over here that are better shot at winning because you're building two chalky lineups for the contest that you're playing. But everyone says they're the best plays. Yeah, if we, for a median result, but not to beat other players at a game. And that's what this is. DFS is a game. So that's why I wanted, I, that's why I'm building these little, these little EV equity, little calculators, little examples here, just to show the effect. People don't see the effect. They go, what's the effect of the payout? What's the effect of your skill level and the effect of the rake on how much money and what you should be doing? This is, if this is a flatter payout structure, let's go back to the old one. The old one was something like this, what, 18, 23, 22, 27, something like that. 33 is something like this, right? Much flatter. We can make it even flatter than that. Let's go 20, 21. Give you even more money. Let's see. Make it as flat as possible. 30, 24, 26, 28. Yeah, something like this. This would be like the flat, 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 right? You're barely getting, right? Fourth place gets almost double your money. Like here, by coming in more in the third and fourth spots, it's not, it's not as bad. It's still bad, but not as bad as it was before. Let's say, right, you're 20% better. Let's say you're really good. You're 16. Right, you're positive. But if you start taking them out of here, like you're still negative. You're still, you're slightly worse at first and second, but dramatically better at third and fourth. You're still you still don't even beat the rake. You still don't even beat the rake. Maybe then, now you small profit. Still more dramatic that the more that you add to your first place, a lineup that has first place win equity, the more that you make. So even if you're that, like, like now you're a little bit more profit, right? You have to be 80% better at coming in third and fourth. Maybe you're even better at coming in fourth than anything else. Slowing down, 22, 16, something like that. But you're horrible coming in first. Maybe you squeak out, only because the payout structure is so flat. Maybe then you could squeeze out a small profit. But you're never going to eat it. No, there's no DFS contest that pays that flat. So I hope you get it. Because I'll, I'll use these 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 Excel little calculator things more often. That's why I'm, that's why I'm making them. So when people ask questions, go let let's go to the example. Let's go to the Excel spreadsheet. Let's see what happens. Okay, let me go through the YouTube chat. See if there's anything else before we get out of here. I hope I hope that was understandable. I hope so. Let's see. Max Coach responds back. During NBA, I would download the projections to Excel and then hide the player names and salary. Highlight my favorites and then unhide to see what happened. Right. Because the names are just names. Alex Santi says, I, I had someone message me at about a 30% win rate, wondering why they are losing. Like a win rate, I'm assuming GPPs. 
like 30% cash rate in GPPs, which would be above average. They go, why am I losing money? It's like, yeah, because you're not coming in first. Here's Steve Zarad. Here's, here's, a, here's a great here's a great example. I play these top-heavy GPPs on FanDuel like the monster. I've gotten third place four times and second place once. Overall, I'm not profitable in MLB GPPs this season. Right, because if he ain't coming in first, look at me this year. My MLB season has not been good. And I've come, I've had like 20 top 20 finishes. I've had like seven top tens. But they've all been like, I have one second place. But everything else has been like eighth and 10th, 12th, 6th, all of that. No, it, all, all I had to do all is if one of them turned into first place, I'd be a nice, nice MLB season. That's, that's the difference. But if you're not even aiming up there, if you're building lineups that are like, wow, I, I, I play every day and I don't even get anywhere close to that. But you're cashing a lot. You need to change that. You need to you need to win less often, but when you win, you win more money. That is the key, and it's the biggest edge in DFS. We come into NFL season. Download that CSV. Go look. Go look the results, DB. You probably you're gonna have to download the CSV uh, for for NFL, like the the five dollar millimaker or whatever. You're gonna find thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands possibly hundreds of thousands, maybe the hundreds, but maybe up to 100,000 of lineups that have virtually no equity in first place, like virtually none. You'll see lineups that are duplicated 740 times in, in a, in, in a, on a full slate. You'll see lineups that if you ran it through, you simulated it out, the EV of that lineup is like 20 cents. Like it, it's, it's so rarely will ever come in the top 100 that it's like, why, why you bother playing? And then you look at the lineups and you're like, oh, well, these don't look like bad lineups. They don't look like bad lineups. They're uncorrelated. They have a lot of chalk in them. And you go, well, why, why do they, why do they, why do they have so negative EV? Yeah, because they're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to beat a 1.2 million entry field. With that line, the first place equity is just like, it's like nothing. Are you going to cash more? Oh, yeah, you'll cash more. You're right. You will. That's not where the equity in the contest is. Uh, Josh Shots, what, Jordan, what is your most favorite, most memorable DFS win? My favorite win? I don't know. Do I have a favorite one? I mean, I won $117,000 like, like three weeks ago in MMA. Is that, is that my most memorable? My first 100K win, that, that's probably the most memorable. That was, what, four years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, about four years ago. In NBA? I don't know. Is there mem memorable? All I do is I buy the jersey of the lowest owned player in the line. So I have a bunch of jerseys. Except for the MMA one, I had to buy some like, like Etsy. Someone made a Jessica Penny shirt. I bought that because she was the lowest on fighter in the lineup. And there's the, there's no fighter jerseys to buy. Uh, anything else? Everyone's talking in the, in, the, in the YouTube chat, which is fine. 
which is fine. But you can find me if you want in the uh, in the premium Discord for Roto Grinders. So sign up to Roto Grinders Premium, ten dollars off your first month by clicking on the link in the description below. And a lot of the concepts that I'm showing you on the on the, the Excel and everything, are, I talk about in the theory of DFS. So I'm gonna get the 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. Get it at theoryofdfs.com. And, uh, and I'll be back tomorrow. This is, this is the show now. I mean, we're in the September. We'll talk some baseball. We'll have some baseball stuff. We'll end up, essentially, it's, if you come here live, I know this is a podcast also. I know there, there are several thousand downloads of this podcast and people listen to this later. Sometimes I'm talking about stuff and unless you're seeing it on the screen, you're not going to understand it. But obviously, if you're listening to the podcast version, rate and review it. But if you, it's gonna, it's gonna be come down to who shows up in the YouTube chat, and I, and I, I have no problem. I most of the questions I answer, I've answered about seventy-four times before. I find different ways to answer it. I, I try to refine the way of trying to teach people how to play DFS better. So I, I, I hope, I hope to help everyone. It's not a picks-related show. So that's why, like, going through like today's slate, I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna do. Like, what does that accomplish? It doesn't really accomplish anything. That's why we got Grinders Live later today, 5.30 Eastern, crunch time for premium members. And we got the NFL. The NFL schedule should be out soon. Should be at the media schedule, whatever. Should be. I, I can't tell. I can't, I'm not allowed to say anything until it comes out official. I know what I'm doing. But it should come out soon. We got tons of content coming out. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to Roto Grinders. And, uh, and I'll be back tomorrow, as usual, to help you guys out with DFS strategy, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>